I want to invite you to grab your copy of God's Word this morning. Join me once again in the book of Genesis as we continue walking our way through the very first book of the Bible in a series entitled Origins. And this morning, we're going to look at Genesis chapter 7, verses 1 through 24, the entire chapter together. I want you to know if you're new to North River Church that as we gather every single week, we open God's Word together and we ask the Lord to speak to us through His Word. The Scripture reminds us that God's Word is the only thing that will not return void. It will accomplish everything that is set out for it to accomplish in our lives. And so as we gather each week, that's exactly what we are going to do. So I encourage you to bring a copy of God's Word with you, whether that's physical copy, a digital copy. If you don't have a copy... I want to encourage you to grab one. It should be in the seat back somewhere around you. And you take that home. That's our gift to you. We'd encourage you to dive in and spend time reading God's Word. And then as we gather together, this is where we will be. As we look at Genesis chapter 7 this morning, I want to describe a scene for you that I think many of you would recognize, something that you've either experienced personally or something that you've seen play out in front of you. Have you ever been at the pool and seen a parent or a grandparent who's in the water and you've got a preschooler that's on the edge of the pool, kind of like this, and the adult in the water saying, Trust me, just jump and I'll catch you. Typically they have floaties on or some type of flotation device and the kid's probably at the edge going, not doing that. And the parent's saying, come on, I promise you, I will catch you. If you'll jump, you can trust that I will catch you on the other end of it. Now, How many of you remember as a kid doing that and your parent backing away, falling in the water, sinking to the bottom? You remember that, right? We can talk about that later, okay? But here's what the parent is trying to communicate. The parent is trying to say, you can trust in me that when you jump, I'm going to catch you. I'm going to be there. What we're going to see in the text this morning is that Our faith is only as good as the object of our faith. Faith in something that can't deliver won't provide us anything. When we come to salvation and the reality that salvation is only made possible through Jesus Christ and Him alone, Jesus Christ is worth our faith in Him because He is able to deliver what we can't deliver on ourselves. What we're going to see in the text this morning is the description of Noah as he's about to go into the ark that we left off him building last week. Now for Noah in this moment, the ark is going to be the means whereby God provides salvation for him and for the animals, for Noah's family. But what I want us to do as we walk through the text this morning is to recognize the Credible point that's drawn between here and the New Testament that the ark is simply a picture, a reminder of Jesus Christ, our Savior. And Noah's faith in the ark to deliver, to save him, the picture that's painted for us in the scriptures is that Jesus Christ is the ark of salvation for us. There is no way 
That you and I can be saved from our sins apart from a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is what the text reminds us of this morning. And so I want to read it for us and then we'll walk back through it together. This is what God's word records. Genesis chapter 7 beginning in verse 1. Then the Lord said to Noah, go into the ark, you and all your household. For I've seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of all clean animals, the male and his mate, and a pair of the animals that are not clean, the male and his mate, and seven pairs of the birds of the heavens also, male and female, to keep their offspring alive on the face of all the earth. For in seven days I will send rain on the earth forty days and forty nights, and every living thing that I have made I will blot out from the face of the ground. And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. Noah was 600 years old when the floodwaters came upon the earth. And Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him went into the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Of clean animals and of animals that are not clean and of birds and of everything that creeps on the ground, two and two, male and female, went into the ark with Noah as God had commanded Noah. And after seven days, the waters of the flood came upon the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of the heavens were open, and rain fell upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. On the very same day, Noah and his sons, Shem and Ham and Japheth and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them entered the ark. They and every beast according to its kind and of all the livestock according to their kinds and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth according to its kind and every bird according to its kind, every winged creature. They went into the ark with Noah, two and two of all flesh in which there was the breath of life. And those that entered male and female of all flesh went in as God had commanded him. And the Lord shut him in. The flood continued 40 days on the earth. The waters increased and bore up the ark, and it rose high above the earth. The waters prevailed and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the face of the waters. And the waters prevailed so mightily on the earth that all the high mountains under the whole heaven were covered. The waters prevailed above the mountains, covering them 15 cubits deep. And all flesh died that moved on the earth, birds, livestock, beasts, all swarming creatures that swarm on the earth and all mankind. Everything on the dry land and whose nostrils was the breath of life died. He blotted out every living thing that was on the face of the ground, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens. They were blotted out from the earth. Only Noah was left. And those who were with him in the ark. And the waters prevailed on the earth 150 days. Father, we ask this morning that you would open our eyes that we would be able to see. You would open our ears that we would be able to hear. And that you would open our hearts and our minds that we would be ready to respond to your word and to your spirit. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 
you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write down this main idea that will frame our time together in Genesis chapter 7, and it's this truth. I mentioned it earlier. Our hope for salvation is totally dependent on the object of our faith. Our hope for salvation is totally dependent on the object of our faith. We're going to see in Genesis chapter 7 that Noah believed God and therefore went into the ark believing that God had appointed the ark as the means of salvation for him and all who would go into it. But I want you to make that connection as well. That for us as we've gathered here this morning, the reality for every single one of us is we can only be saved from our sins and brought into a relationship with our Heavenly Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ must be the object of our faith because He is the only one who can provide the salvation that we desperately need. I want us to look beginning in verses 1 through 10 this morning, and I want you to take note of this first truth that we're going to see unpacked for us here, and it's this reality. The ark was sanctioned by God as the only means whereby Noah would be saved from the flood. The ark was Noah's hope. The ark was what God said would be there to provide salvation for Noah when God's judgment was unleashed with the flood waters. I want you to notice beginning in verse 1, the Lord said to Noah, go into the ark, you and your household, for I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. And then he tells Noah to take animals with him in the ark. We see in verse 5, And after God has said, in seven days, I'm going to send judgment on the earth. Floodwaters are going to come. In verse 5, Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. And you fast forward a bit, a reminder of God's judgment in verses 6. But in verse 10, after seven days, the waters of the flood came upon the earth. Picture yourself in Noah's shoes at this point in time. Noah's just spent years building this ark that God has told him to build. God has said to Noah, I'm going to send judgment on the earth. I'm going to send floodwaters. And the only means whereby you and any who gather into the ark will be saved, that is your only hope. It says Noah walked in obedience for the Lord. Noah did exactly what God called him to do. You see, what you realize here is that the ark is the exclusive means for Noah to be saved. But I want you to think about the reality that it was also available to whoever else would come in. We find out that it's just Noah and his family that enter into the ark along with the animals. But what we realize and understand is that anyone could have come into the ark. Anyone could have had the opportunity to join Noah and his family. And I have to imagine that there's conversations that are going on as Noah's building this ark saying, God's going to send his judgment. It's going to come in a flood. This is why I'm building the boat. That's why I'm building an ark here. If you want to be saved from the judgment that's coming, you can come into the ark with me. The ark was the exclusive means, but it was available. 
I saw this play out firsthand, and let me preface what I'm about to say with I'm a huge fan of Dave Ramsey, and Dave Ramsey's not a huge fan of credit cards, and so we just put the cookies on the bottom shelf. If you can't pay off your credit card, you don't need a credit card, okay? Amen, ouch, wherever we want to leave that, okay? But for us, we pay it off at the end of every month, and so we decided at one point we were going to try to take advantage of some of the points that would accrue on a credit card, and so we applied for the IHG credit card where we were able to get points to stay in, Holiday Inn Express and things like that. The very first time that after we joined, we went in to a Holiday Inn Express, we go in and check in. And the lady who's checking us in, she says, oh, Mr. Kennedy, thank you for being a platinum member of International Hotel Group. And I thought, yeah. (laughs) Only time I've ever experienced that, right? And I thought, wow, that's an exclusive club. And every time since then that we've checked in, they always say, Mr. Kennedy, welcome. Thank you for being a platinum, not a bronze member, (laughs) silver member, gold, no, platinum member. Now, don't tell me they have a diamond club. I know that. It doesn't matter, all right? (laughs) Thank you for being a platinum member of International Hotel Group. It's exclusive. But here's the thing. Anyone who has the IHG credit card is in the club. It's exclusive, but it's available for anyone. I want you to notice the same thing is true for the ark for Noah. It's exclusively the means whereby Noah and his family and all who gathered in it would be saved, but it was available for any who would seek to come in, but no one wanted to. I want you to notice that as we fast forward, as we make this connection between the ark and Jesus Christ being the ark of salvation for us, for any who would believe in Him exclusively, there is no other way that you can be saved from your sin apart from faith in Jesus Christ. There's not enough good works that you can do. You can't earn God's favor. It is totally on the basis of what Jesus Christ has done for you. It is exclusive, but hear me this morning. It is available for any who would trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior. I want you to notice that as we look at Romans chapter 3, beginning in verse 20 and walking through verse 26, as we are reminded that Jesus is the only means whereby we can be saved from the judgment that is due our sin. You may want to write Romans 3, verses 20 through 26, beside verses 1 through 11 of Genesis chapter 7. But I want you to hear what Paul records, and it's this truth in Romans chapter 3. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight. Since through the law comes knowledge of sin, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God, listen to this, through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction 
For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in His divine forbearance He had passed over former sins It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier, listen to this, of the one who has faith in Jesus. There is no other means whereby we can be saved from our sins apart from Jesus Christ and what He has accomplished on our behalf. You say, Michael, that is exclusive. And it is. It is exclusive. This world in which we live, pluralistic society, says there's many ways that you can get to God. It's not simply through faith in Jesus Christ. There's a number of ways you can be good enough to earn your favor. God's not going to send someone to eternal judgment separated from Him, if they're a good person, I want you to hear me this morning. The Scriptures that we hold fast to remind us of the reality that salvation is not available apart from faith in Jesus Christ. It is exclusive. But it's available. For any person to respond by faith and receive Jesus Christ as their Savior for what He accomplished on the cross to be accredited to our account, we receive His righteousness. He covers the payment due because of our sin. What we see for Noah in these first 11 verses here is that for Noah, Noah was looking and God had said to him the only way Noah, that you will be saved as the ark. And Noah believed God. Noah responded by faith, entering into the ark. Let me ask you the question this morning. You may have gathered here today and you've never taken the step of trusting in Jesus Christ as your Savior, of receiving the free gift of salvation that His life, death, and resurrection offers to you. Hear me this morning. There is no other way that you can be forgiven of your sins and brought into the family of God apart from faith in Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you, if you're sitting here this morning and you've never taken that step, take that step today. Receive the gift of salvation for yourself today. Your sins forgiven, you brought in to the family of God. You experience the salvation that Noah saw here, that all who are in Christ experience because of what he's done. What we see as we continue walking through verses 11 through 16 is this second truth that the ark was sealed by God, providing Noah assurance he would be saved from the flood. Oh, you notice verse 11, the 600th year of Noah's life, The second month, 17th day of the month, on that day, the fountains of the great deep burst forth. The windows of the heaven were open. The flood commences. God's judgment on this earth takes place beginning 
here. Noah's in the ark. He's brought the animals, the verses tell us, into the ark with him. He brought animals with him so that they could repopulate the earth. Noah and his family would repopulate the earth. Noah brought enough animals with him also to offer sacrifices to the Lord after this flood is over. He's got the food in the ark with him to eat, both for him and for all the animals that are there. Verse 16, all those that entered male and female of all flesh went in as God had commanded him. Notice this last part of verse 16, and the Lord shut him in. Could you imagine what must have been rolling through Noah's mind as he's gathered his family and the animals on the ark and he begins to see the first raindrops fall. Last year, we were having an issue with our backflow device at our house, which I am absolutely convinced that device is from the pits of hell anyway. (laughs) Amen, right? I don't understand it. It still doesn't make any sense. But anyway, so I'm too cheap to call a plumber out to come fix it, so I decided... I'm going to order the parts, and I'm going to take it apart, and I'm going to put it back together, and it's going to be fine. And so that's exactly what I did. Shut the water off, disassemble the backflow device, insert the new parts in the backflow device, and cinch everything back up together, and I cut the water back on, and it starts leaking. And so I wonder, what did I do wrong? How did I miss something? I mean, it seems pretty simple when you're looking at it. So phone a friend in our church who's a plumber. And I told him as he came into the first service, I said, I'm going to use you as a sermon illustration this morning, but I won't call your name. And he left. So (laughs) now he stayed. But he said, the whole time you were telling that, I was just, I was moving around in my seat. I was nervous. You're going to call my name, but I called. So I say, listen. Here's what's going on. I've disassembled. I put all the pieces back together that came in the package and and it's leaking out the bottom. I, I don't know what I did. And he said, you didn't do something right. Hence my call, friend, right? So I said, what, what do I need to do? And he said, well, tell me exactly what's going on. So I explained to him, told him where it was leaking from and And he said, "Um, I actually think you put everything together the right way. He said, I think you just have the wrong parts. Something's not right. I said, okay, so what do I do? He said, put the other stuff back in there. So I did. Put it all back together, and it worked. Now think about Noah. Imagine what's going on in Noah's mind as the floodwaters begin to come. Did I seal it enough? Did I miss a step? Is the wood that I picked out the right type of wood? Did I use enough pitch where the wood connects together so that it's going to seal up? I mean, think about this. Noah doesn't have flex seal. 
Somebody left this morning and said, this is a church I need to be a part of because y'all talk about Flex Seal, right? But hear me this morning. It doesn't matter because God is the one who shuts the door and seals them inside. Noah has assurance as God shuts the door that this ark will save him and all who are inside. What we realize is as we move forward in the scriptures, the great promise that's made to all of us who have taken the step of trusting Jesus Christ as our Savior is that God's promise to us is that His Holy Spirit comes and indwells the life of every single believer and seals us for the day of redemption. That the act of salvation in our lives is not dependent on what we do, but totally dependent on what God has done on our behalf. I want you to listen as we look at the scriptures this morning. You may want to write these Scripture passages beside that verse there, verse 16. We see this in Romans chapter 8, verses 15 and 16. Paul says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The Holy Spirit of God who indwells the life of every single believer sealing us for the day of redemption declares that we are the children of God. How can we have assurance in our salvation? If we've trusted in Jesus Christ as our Savior, we are assured that the Holy Spirit of God has sealed us in the same way that God had sealed Noah and his family and all who were in the ark. We're reminded in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 11 through 14, this important truth on display once again in Him, that's in Jesus, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things to the counsel of His will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory. Listen to this, in Him you also when you heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Listen to this. The Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. In Jesus Christ, we are assured because of His Holy Spirit who dwells within us, that our salvation is secure. It's not on the basis of what we did in the same way. It's not on the basis of what Noah did after he went into the ark. In the ark, the Lord seals the door and it provides the salvation that Noah desperately needs in Christ. We find the salvation our souls desperately need and the assurance of that salvation is the Holy Spirit of God who dwells within us. One of the greatest 
pieces of encouragement that you and I can receive as followers of Jesus this morning is that His Spirit dwells within us. God's not in heaven keeping score going, are you going to get in? Are you not going to get in? If you are in Christ, it has already been settled. There's no doubt because of what Christ has done in your life. Because of His Spirit who dwells within you. Noah and all who were in the ark were shut in by the Lord. I want you to notice as we continue looking at verse 17 through verse 20, this third truth that we see on display, the ark was sufficient to withstand the floodwaters and provide salvation for Noah and for all who were inside. If you notice, what we've talked up until this point is pre-flood. It's before God's judgment was sent. It's before the floodwaters rose. I want you to notice that what we see on display here is the ark is sufficient to withstand the judgment of God. The flood continued for 40 days on the earth, verse 17. The waters increased and they bore up the ark and it rose high above the earth. The waters prevailed, increased greatly on the earth and the ark floated on the face of the waters. The waters prevailed so mightily on the earth that all the high mountains under the whole heaven were covered. The waters prevailed above the mountains, covering them 15 cubits deep. All flesh died that moved on the earth. Birds, livestock, beasts, swarming creatures that swarm on the earth. All mankind, everything on the dry land in whose nostrils was the breath of life died. God blotted out every living thing, verse 23 says, on the face of the ground. Man, animals, creeping things, birds of the heavens, they were blotted out from the earth. Listen though, only Noah was left. And those who were in the ark. It's one thing prior to the floodwaters coming for us to look and say the ark's the only means whereby God's going to provide salvation to say the Lord shut the ark and it's going to make sure Noah and his family are safe. But when the floodwaters come, you find out whether or not the ark's enough. What I want you to understand and recognize this morning is this points us to the reality that Jesus Christ is sufficient to withstand the judgment of God against our sin. On the cross, Jesus laid his life down, taking your sin and my sin upon himself, paying the debt that we owed as a result of our sin. God's wrath poured out on his son, but he was sufficient to do what you and I could not do. He was able to bear the full weight of sin, able to bear the judgment of God against our sin. What you and I could not do, He was able to do. Jesus Christ is sufficient to save us from our sin. He's proven. He's reliable. 
If you're wondering this morning, is Jesus enough? We're reminded in the text that he is. A couple of years ago, I heard the story of a man who approached Penn Gillette. If you're familiar with Penn and Teller, the magicians, Penn describes the story videos out there on line. He says, there's this guy who was standing behind the line at the end of the show. And he said, I saw him over there as being very patient. Penn's an avowed atheist, doesn't believe in God. But he said, this guy was asking if he could speak with me. And he said, I could tell he had a copy of the Bible in his hand. And Penn said, the guy just handed him the copy of scripture. He said, hey, I really just am here for one reason. And that reason is just to share the gospel with you. That you can be forgiven of your sins if you will trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior. Penn said the guy was incredibly sincere, genuine, kind. And he said on the back end of it, he said there's people who may would have been upset that he would have even thought to do that. He said, but for me, I know he genuinely believes that the only way that I can be saved from my sins is through Jesus Christ. And he said, for him as a Christian, for any other Christian, how much do they have to hate someone? if they believe they know how they can be saved and forgiven of their sin, not to share that news with them. Church family, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ this morning, you have received the greatest gift that has ever been received. And you have people in your circle of influence, your job, your neighborhood, your school, whose lives need to be transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there is no other means whereby they will experience salvation for their souls. But you and I have the answer that they desperately need. May we be faithful to share that hope that we found in Jesus Christ with them. I want to ask you, if you would, to bow your heads and close your eyes, and our worship team will make their way as we transition to a time of invitation. And I want to encourage you as we do that to allow the Lord in this moment to search your heart. Maybe you've come in today and You've never taken the step of trusting in Jesus Christ as your Savior. I don't want you to leave under any false pretense this morning. But God's word is crystal clear. There is no other name whereby you can be saved from your sin and brought into a relationship with God than through His Son, Jesus Christ. Maybe for you today, that's the step that you need to take, and I would encourage you in just a moment as we sing, 
to just step out from where you are. And if that's the step that you need to take, just come down and grab my hand or Pastor Aaron's hand and say, I need to take that step today. I need to place my faith and trust in Jesus Christ, receive the gift of salvation that only his life, death, and resurrection can provide. Maybe you have questions about that. I'd encourage you to fill out a connection card and just simply ask to have a pastor reach out to you. We'd love to talk with you and pray with you and encourage you, help you understand what it looks like to take that step. Maybe you're a follower of Jesus here this morning and you just simply needed the encouragement of the assurance of your salvation today. Because of what Jesus Christ has done on your behalf, when God looks at you, he sees Christ's righteousness covering you. His Holy Spirit has sealed you. It is a guarantee that you've been saved from your sin and you are part of the family of God. Maybe you just need to rest in that today. Maybe someone in your life, in your sphere of influence, in your school, in your neighborhood, in your workplace. Maybe that name has popped in your head right now. And as a follower of Jesus, you know that they need to hear the truth of who Jesus Christ is. They need to hear the good news of the gospel. They need to hear that Jesus has done what they can't do for themselves. And you would ask the Lord today to give you the boldness, the courage, the opportunity to share that hope that you found in Jesus Christ with them. You would love them enough to be willing to point them to Jesus. Father, we ask this morning that you would work in our hearts and our lives, that you would convict us, challenge us, encourage us, equip us to take the next step that you've called us to take this morning. For some, the step of responding by faith to Jesus Christ as Savior. Would you give them the courage to take that step? Father, for some believers, the courage to rest in what Jesus Christ has done in their life. God, for all of us, the courage to reach out to and share the hope in Christ that we found with those in our sphere of influence. God, work in our hearts and our lives now. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to ask you if you would to stand, give you a chance to respond. You need to talk with a pastor. We're here. If we can pray for you, we'd love to do that. Maybe you want to spend some time on your knees before the Lord up here and lift that person that's come to your mind that you know needs Jesus to transform their life. You respond this morning as the Lord leads you.